Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Morning, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you, Chris? All good? Yeah, waking up gradually um yeah trying to get myself in the zone a bit here kids were up early this morning so still feeling it but i'm sure our guest will wake us up who who have we got on the pod this morning yeah so we're lucky to be joined by ellie white who um it's fantastic i think we've both had different introductions to her i was think i first saw her murder and successful but think of her perhaps most as katia in uh stas let's flats sorry i can never say that right um <laughs> she's just absolutely brilliant in that um you know every time she's on the screen she just yeah Superb, but very versatile actress. Very funny too. She is, isn't she? And her, when you look over the all the, the TV shows and the movies she's been in, it's an incredible career so far. And she's she's still really young as well. Um, but yeah, love it when you see her uh, on a show. Always want to if she comes up on the the list, you think right, I'm going to watch watch that just because she's in it. And um, yeah, the other one. Have you seen the other one? That was that no, was some, I haven't. It's a series I've recently watched. Yeah, it's oh, it's just absolutely brilliant. And uh, looking forward to speaking to her. Sorry, I've got a sticker over my camera. <laughs> Hi, Ellie. For obvious reasons. Oh, no, it's really blurry. Need to do a quick clean. Oh, my God. Look. Hi, Ellie. How are you doing? Lovely to meet you. Likewise. Thank you for coming on our podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice, uh, so nice to be invited, for God's sake. So what have you been up to? You're pretty busy at the moment. Well, I I was busy, which is why I couldn't do your... I couldn't do those dates that you sent me before. Um, I've been filming... And I've got like about three weeks off and then I go back to filming it again. So um, I'm actually all right. I do have an audition that I have to run off to after this. But apart from that, I'm pretty free and easy, to be honest, living the dream. Excellent. And is, is this is this something you can talk about? Is it? It's, it's one of those annoying things that I can't, uh. um, it hasn't been announced yet. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say, which is really boring. Um, <laughs> oh, well, but... No I oh, know. I was gonna. I was gonna plug something else, but it comes out tomorrow. So, unless you really get your act together, <laughs> yeah, we're not that organised, unfortunately. I don't know if you'll be plugging that. Before you came on, we were just chatting about some of your best bits, um, and uh, Katia oh God, was Katia, Katia was one of the first ones that came to came to mind. It, in in what my wife calls Seth Rent's apartments, for some reason she can't say. <laughs> She can't. She can't say program names correctly, and as a result, this caused That's actually us actually a much better name, you know. It's caused <laughs> us to get this totally wrong. The pronunciation in our intro for you. So, um, but what a fabulous character, uh, and she she is. I mean, all of you together in that is just brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very very fun. I do get slightly worried about my accent sometimes <laughs> that I'm offending. Um, <laughs> Many people, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hopefully, someone did come up to me and who was Polish and was like, "You've really nailed the accent," which was a huge relief. 
Um, I wasn't trying to be Polish, but no, I, I was trying to be Polish. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a Welsh accent. But, uh... <laughs> also, also, I got a DNA test done recently and it said I was 13% Eastern European. So I feel like I've got a little bit of sway <laughs> over being able to... Uh, really hone my my ancestors. Act. So you're not going to get cancelled then. You're all right. You've got some. Well, who knows? There's always you've got some time. insurance there. There's always time to be cancelled, but it is a very it is a very very fun show to do. Maybe what... we're all mates, so we just sort of there's a lot of laughing really at each other, which is. I fun. think. I mean, I, I think you can tell, can't you, when you watch shows that people are having fun filming. It just yeah. comes. It comes across. It's not forced. <clears throat> and it's um... being very unprofessional. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just watching one of your, um, it was the 21st Guide to Sex, 21st Century Guide to Sex. That was absolutely brilliant. Talking about accents. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, again, I'm so sorry. I'm so as, sorry. as a Scot, I wasn't at all offended. I thought you did a brilliant job. Um, well, that was another one where someone, I sat next to a Scottish guy at a party and he, and I was trying, I was, I think it was about two weeks before we started filming. And I was like, can we try out my Scottish accent? And he's like, <laughs> It's very Dundee, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> exactly." That's it's very what. Lorraine Kelly. I thought there was there was a Lorraine Kelly tones to it. You're Ed, you're from Edinburgh. Aren't That's you? right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can tell. Good, good. Well, you've you've I've yeah. Got the I've got the ear. You have <laughs> clearly, and at the risk of just going through every single um, no, show or movie you've been part of, I love um, it. It makes me feel like you know talking to a Olympic gold medalist makes me feel like I've achieved something. So. <laughs> but he, we were just talking about. So Matt's not seen um, the other one. No. Oh, yeah. So my wife and I discovered that, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago and just absolutely loved it. It's just such a such a great show and oh, and so well acted. So and again, you get the sense that you guys are having a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that, that, is, as well. that is a lovely show to make and loads of like mm. amazing women and getting to work with Siobhan Finneran, who's in Happy Valley, obviously, and Rebecca Front, who's like, been one of my comedy heroes for since I was a teenager mm. and Lauren Sosha obviously he's um absolutely hilarious and basically is her character in real life like completely <laughs> hilarious and larger than life and uh very very funny and so yeah we filmed it in Manchester and so it was kind of like a little holiday camp because we were all there filming and uh yeah, we got on very well. It's great. It's great. And really like lovely, quite like a warm show. And mm. so sort of feel good, I think, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. You've got to go into that, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I will. It's on, it's on the list. This is ever expanding list of, of good things. By doing this podcast, we seem to be widening basically our TV watching. That's all that's, all that's really happening. <laughs> it's, it's really just an excuse for us, A, to meet our comedy heroes and B, <laughs> To have an excuse at night to say, I'm sorry, darling, we have to sit down. <laughs> yeah, have, I've got, I've got some, it's research. revision, it's research. Yeah, exactly. It's not just sitting mindlessly in front of the TV <laughs> watching comedy all the time. But um, yeah. Do like, so do you like, is, is it your, is it your sort of go-to thing when you're relaxing? Yeah, love it, love it. And it's Yeah, and it has been forever, really. I just remember my, my parents always loving comedy on TV. My grandparents yeah. who used to live downstairs from us as well, they'd be watching the same TV on TV show at the same time, and you could hear them laughing downstairs at the same time as my parents. Um, so yeah, it's always been part of my life, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, that's so nice. And similarly, you know, my downtime, I sort of do track cycling. So yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you say that, but your dad, your dad. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I I know your dad pretty well. I know, actually. no, I know. Yeah. He he was honestly when I told him that I was doing this, he was 
so excited. <laughs> and in fact, about three days ago, I, he, I got a text from him um, saying, um, have you done the podcast yet? And I was like, I'm doing it on Friday. And he was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, if you want any stories, if you want any anecdotes, then, uh, <laughs> any comedy one-liners, just come to me. We, we should probably explain actually that, that that Ellie's dad is Jim White, who's a sports writer yes. for the Telegraph, and and probably also the nicest man in sports journalism. Mm. It's lovely. So, really? I, yeah, God, he's... I, really, I never see that side of him. <laughs> <laughs> there is so there is you know there are a few egos in this industry, but your dad is is. Is is certainly not that, and I've I've done loads of different events with your dad over the years, and we were, I think you were the other side of a text message there where we were in the mix zone at the Tokyo Olympics, this sort of weird COVID bubble, and we were standing in the mix zone at the triathlon, and we got chatting about, I mean, whatever you sort of end up chatting, and we was ch chatting about his kids and what they do, and he was saying, oh yeah, my daughter Ellie's an actress, and oh, what's she done? And he was saying, oh, he's done. Alan, she's done Alan Potch. And I was like, oh, my brother's done Alan Partridge. <laughs> and then suddenly there was a flurry of exchange text messages and realised that you knew my brother very well. And so yeah, it was sort of well, slightly Rupert, weird. Your brother gave me my first gig. So, which was that? Which was what? It was at his night. He, um, uh, his night knocked a bag, and he, yeah, he said, "Do you want to come along and do it?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay," <laughs> um, because he was. He, we were. It, it, Rupert was very like revered when I first asked, now I have no respect for him. <laughs> Back then, really revered him, really respected him. So when he asked me to do it, I was absolutely over the moon and very nervous. And uh, it was a very nice gig, so it went well and it was did, nice. Yeah. Did you feel a natural on stage when you first did it, when you first did stand-up? Or um, It's weird because I get very, very nervous before I do gigs. Yeah, really, really scared. And then when you get on stage, it kind of completely dissipates so it's um I love being I love the feeling of being on stage that's amazing and obviously if it goes well afterwards it's a great huge rush but the the build-up is psychologically very um scary and, and for me for some reason never got easier like the more live stuff I did that I was still really nervous I'm, I'm probably less I don't do as much anymore um, live uh, comedy, but I definitely still do get nervous. But it's not quite as bad as it was back, and that was like, you know, on my hands and knees, throwing up into the toilet kind of mm -hmm. stuff, um, and like dreading all day, just being like, "This is going to go awfully. This is going to go awfully." <laughs> and you know, sometimes it did, but it's like it's never as bad as you think it's going to go. Even if it's going badly, you sort of handle it in the moment, I suppose. Um, but you know that's why I'm, and I call myself an athlete. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know it's interesting hearing you say all that because it is. There's so many parallels to sport, and and yeah. it's the same feeling. You know, I used to be the same. From the outside, you project this this kind of image that you're focused and calm and relaxed. But inside, you've got all these doubts. You've got all this stress, all the nerves before you compete. And you know, five minutes before, you're thinking, "Why on earth?" Do I put myself through this? I've chosen to do this. Why have I chosen to do this? This uh, is crazy. Honestly, and then yeah. you, you do it, and it's fine, and, and you finish, and you go, actually, that was brilliant. Next time, I'm going to remember this feeling and remind myself it's going to be okay. Go out and enjoy it. Yeah. But every time you have to, it's almost like you have to go through that 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 process to get yeah. the nerves, to get the excitement, to whatever it is, to get your 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 mental state alert enough to get the best out of yourself. But it's. Yeah, once you get, I think once you get into the process of doing what you do, it's okay. So once you yeah. get on the track, once you get on stage, whatever it is you're about to do. Yeah. But it's those five, ten minutes before. 
Yeah, or I, was I, mean, I think I think the pressure on me was slightly more than the pressure on you, Chris. But performing um, yeah. <laughs> above a pub in front of ten people, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, it was that feeling. I I often like would be walking to gigs, and I'd I this is going to sound really dark, but there would sometimes be this feeling. What you just said about why am I doing this? And there's sometimes be this feeling of like if I could just be sort of brushed by a car. You know, to the point where maybe I kind of break my wrist, um, and I can't. You know, I can't go to the gig. Then maybe that would be okay. <laughs> you know, out of my control. That means that I have to cancel this. Would be great. Matt Matt Pinsent, um, the rower, his his autobiography. He talks about on the, the journey to the the rowing venue in two thousand and four. He said he was so nervous. Exactly the same thing. He said he was he was praying that they were involved in a bus accident that the bus was had had a crash. Wow. So he could have a genuine reason that was out of his control to to not have to do it. Wow. And and you think and it's just you know as I said before that that impression that we have of all our star of all our heroes these sporting stars stars on the stage whoever it is you just imagine that they're completely calm completely yeah. in control well, and to them be, it's easy. I, I always I, I never understand like penalties. I can't. That's the one that I'm like. I, just, I can't even I can't even watch like I really <laughs> in fact when Man United doing their penalty shootout against Brighton on Sunday I was I was like I, I had to leave the room and pretend and, and like shut the door because I couldn't watch I, I my nerves are absolutely shot to shit when it comes to like watching <laughs> and I can't imagine what they're going through like stepping up to it but presumably you do get sort of do you have like psychological training for that kind of thing to prepare yourself yeah yeah, you do. And I think it's it's become the norm now in most professional sport, there'll be a sports psychologist who will work with the team or work with individual athletes. But um, when I first started, there wasn't. Like back in the early 2000s, we had the, the very first psychologist that came on the team. The first year, basically, nobody came and knocked on his door because there was a stigma attached to talking yeah. to a psychologist. And that's changed now, obviously. Yeah. But it's, I guess, like everything, you have really good psychologists and not so good psychologists and some that are able to engage and, and and communicate and get the message across to their athletes and some that aren't as successful. And equally, you know, just the brain is such a, a fascinating thing. But to be able to, like for us, our, our psychologist was a guy called Steve Peters and an amazing, amazing man, They're absolutely incredible. He's written many books and changed many people's lives. But for me, yeah, he was able to, I guess, instill a bit of perspective and, you know, when, when it came to these moments that felt like it was life and death, it, I was able to sort of go back to this sort of anchoring point and go, you're just riding a bike in circles. Yeah. You know, it's not life and death. If you win this race, it'd be amazing. If you don't, you know, the world is not going to stop. And, yeah, true. Which sounds very basic and simple, but it's it's then finding ways to to address all your nerves, address all the doubts, or address all the fears before you get to that point of slinging your leg over the bike. And And yeah, it's... But psychology, like for penalties, you know, imagine being an Eng English footballer. You know, there's it seems like England have even more pressure yeah. because that's it's, our history. Yeah, it's just, I mean, you know, just being the one. First of all, you've got to volunteer to st step up and take that penalty at the World Cup, and it's. But equally, you could be the hero. So yeah. you know, you've got you've got these different personalities, these different people who um, think actually this is an opportunity. It's not a burden. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to you know, I'm going to do my bit, and I'm going to take the penalty. And you know whatever happens, it doesn't matter. It's just a game of football. <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, my God, it's just 
Yeah, I, can't. Like I, I mean, I suppose you're, yeah, maybe you're, you're, maybe I've got too negative a brain that I always, as soon as, as soon as I, you know, you have the close up of them walking up, I'm like, he's nervous, he's going to miss. He's nervous, he look, he's breathing too heavily, going up and smashing the back of the net. And then you're like, I guess that's why they do it for the sort of, you know, they probably think I'm going to score this. They don't think I'm going to miss this. But so I, I think, think you're right, though. There's negative brain more than anything. But you can see that you can see there's times where, it just think the body language actually yeah he's not he's not going to do this yeah and other times where you go yeah he's he 100 percent. this is going in i'd put the mortgage yeah. on this he's going to get it in top right and yeah it's but that's to me i mean i'm not a massive football fan but i love penalties so i i would i would i would switch on i'd like <laughs> fast forward through the first just 90 sick. minutes just get to the <laughs> get to the penalties come on um well, I actually had a, um, I did a, I, I play football as well, but it's, it's a new thing for me. It's like only the past sort of four years that I've started playing football and I played in the five-a-side tournament and we had to do a penalty shootout to get to the next stage of the tournament. And I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll volunteer, it's fine, it's cool guys, I got this. <laughs> and I, I scored my penalty, although you, the rule was that you were only allowed to take one step and then shoot yeah and I scored my penalty and I turned around and put my arms out like kind of Cantona celebration <laughs> and the goal had been disallowed because I'd taken two stands to go oh, no. <laughs> so my premature celebration oh. very 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 embarrassing but you didn't um, miss though that's the main thing I didn't miss but I had to take it again which was humiliating but I, I did manage I did score it was fine but it was like <laughs> a humiliating uh, experience so you you really <laughs> but you scored twice then you really yeah, you know, yeah drove, drove the message home. <laughs> we lost in the next game. So, how much have you enjoyed, and and how did you get into football? What happened to to playing? Was it through some friends? Or? Yeah, it was through some friends. I think definitely, um, uh, like women's football has taken off so much in the last few years. And I never weirdly like because of my dad. Obviously, he's a football writer but also you know loves football and I've got two brothers and they all played and my dad coached my brother's team when he was growing up and stuff like that so I've always loved football but I've never really played it that much and then I think maybe just because women's football was kind of coming so much like into the forum I had so many more friends that are like oh join the team and come and play in the Saturday and kick the ball around which just hadn't been a thing before and I think it was just a Saturday and a few of us were like hung over and they were like, I'll come to the park and play. And they had a team called Legends FC um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I, I joined them, but I hadn't really, I hadn't really played before, but I, I think I, because I play netball, I've always played netball. So I had like a, a maybe a little bit of spatial awareness and understanding of, of it. So it wasn't like, very strange to play but yeah and then I started playing a lot and we joined a league I think we lost every single game and it was like very very sort of confident to join this league we were like yeah this is a league none of us have played before <laughs> let's join this league and honestly the quality was so high we were just destroyed in every game and now I play like for another team which, which is sort of on a Saturday like a you know like a kick around type thing five a side which is mixed which is which is really fun um but I love it I absolutely love it it's strange it's strange picking up like a new sport because obviously your confidence is shaky but it's fun sort of seeing yourself improve I suppose 
but do you not think it's really interesting to see how this this trickle down effect, the inspiration from the lionesses, and how yeah. you know it's it's not just you know five year old kids wanting to take up football. It's it affects everybody, and it and it's yeah, it, it just seems it to be passes, a different. It's like me as well. <laughs> but it's but it's just amazing, and and it, you know it, I don't know it's changed it, to me as I say I'm not a massive football fan, but so looking in it's changed the nature of football. It's changed the atmosphere. We've talked about this yeah. before in other podcasts about the atmosphere at women's football matches yeah. just more just friendlier. Yeah, it's a place you take your family to. It's no, it not, there's not that same that. undertones of aggression that there, there often can be at a lot of men's matches, and it's. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to see the sport growing and, and just, you know, exciting to see where it could lead to. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 weird because I love um, I love going to football matches um, and I sort of quite like the aggression. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love mad fans. I love sort of absolute fans going absolutely insane. So I don't really mind that sort of stuff. But um, going to see, I went to see um, a women's football game last year as part of the Euros at um, Brentford and it was yeah it was it was I mean the atmosphere was great number one it was like really loud like so much cheering all the way through and chants and stuff like that but gen generally like families and so many more women and it was it was really lovely definitely but I do like I do like fights I like fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you starting them are you <laughs> I absolutely love them we sometimes go and watch Oxford because my my parents live in Oxford at the Kassam Stadium which is a hilarious place because it only has three stands and a fence and uh, <laughs> last time we went they played Charlton and there was this boy little boy probably about 10 about three rows in front of us and every time Charlton got cocky about anything he'd stand up and flick his feet <laughs> like that bounce like that and it was just I mean he was so young and I was just in hysterics. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just like disgraceful behaviour at, uh, at sporting events, basically. I, honestly, I love it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I will sit and watch YouTube videos of like <laughs> most outrageous football fights. <laughs> There's a great picture of uh, John Terry, I think, scoring against... No, I should have... If I'm going to come up with an anecdote, I should at least get the facts right before I do it. But anyway, he's basically scoring against his old club and his dad and his uncle are in the stand. And he's like going up to the, you know, up to the opposing fans, kind of celebrating, and they're like that, going <laughs> <laughs> to their to their own son and nephew. You know, it's like, <laughs> unbelievable. I, know. I mean, I did the same. Come on, it just shows you, yeah, your your allegiance to your club is stronger than your own family, I suppose. I think there was this. I think there was my brother. I I wasn't there, but my brothers described a game between Swindon and Oxford, where the um, you know, there are two massive local rivals. And there was a massive fight between their two mascots, Ollie the Ox. I can't remember what Swinton's mascot is. It just really made me laugh. Thought of the Ollie the Ox beating the shit out of. I think it's like a cockerel or something like that. You know, there are sports you can go and see which you can miss out all that kicking the ball around stuff and get straight to the action. There's like, boxing, <laughs> no, I'm not interested in that. MMA, <laughs> UFC. You could go straight to the action. You don't have to worry about all that. No, I don't like it when it's. I don't like it when it's sort of intentional. I like it when it's like just men getting too angry basically <laughs> that's definitely the funny thing about playing with women as well is that i don't you know it, i don't want to be too binary about genders but it's that certainly in certainly when i play netball it, there's a lot of sort of passive aggression it's a lot of kind of um 
you know, ex-private school girls sort of getting their uh, frustrations out on the netball pitch, but it's very much like, sorry, can you not? Sorry, can you you not? And when I I, have gone to see any sort of like Sunday league or like my brothers play a Sunday league, there's genuinely always a fight. Like it's unbelievable. And then afterwards they're like, yeah, good game, mate. Yeah, good game, good game, mate. (laughs) It's so, so, so was netball your that was your first love in terms of sport, or did you do other yeah, sports was, when you were younger? I mean, yeah, I, I didn't really like playing anything else. I think I was quite good at it, and I just sort of enjoyed playing it. But um, yeah, I played played at school for all the way through school until until you get to that age where you're like, I don't want to do any sport. I just want to hang around in the park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I went through that, obviously, Chris, but. Um, yeah, and then I picked it back up in my like mid twenties and paid for like uh, in a league. So I like, lo- yeah, I absolutely love it. I absolutely you, what, love it. what position are you then? Or have you got? Well, I'm, I'm usually defence. I usually goal defence or wing defence. But I actually play now um, five sides, and it's like a special. It's like a specific type of netball where you you it's five aside and you change position every time you score. Right. So you end up mm. playing every position if you score. If you don't score, you just stay in the same position, which has happened. That is, um, to me, that makes sense because I've always thought netball, I mean, it's a great sport, it's fast. I love watching yeah. it. I remember the Commonwealth Games when England beat, was it Australia in the final? Yeah. That was yeah. a few years ago, real massive boost for the sport. But my one criticism of that sport is that only two people get to, to score, score the goals. And yeah, well, think- that's why it's quite fun. That's why mm. it's quite fun, this type of netball, because it's you still have to be in that position, but everyone gets to go. Yeah. Chance that. to rotate, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that I, sounds good. I think netball does get a bad. It definitely gets a bad rap because it's sort of like the crap. Well, everyone sort of describes it as like the crap basketball because you can't <laughs> move with the ball. But I, I mean, I always loved it. I always loved it. I thought it was very satisfying and like specific because you can't. You know, you have to get the footwork right, and I love it. I think it's one of the fastest growing, fastest growing participation sports, partly because of what the England girls did. Really? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it took off. So, um, yeah, in London and places, a lot of people actually a bit, bit like you going back to it who played it when younger and then now returning to it for sort of after school or weekend things. It's been a, a big boost and it helps, I guess, with the England girls playing so brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you watch professional netball, it's like a completely different game to the kind of amateur shit that I do <laughs> like you can barely even see the ball like it's absolutely incredible and they're so tall that they just sort of have to place it into the goal um but we're we're quite crap but yeah I love it I and it's also I, I guess like because I play it every Monday I just it's it's fun to have a thing that you go to where you switch your brain off for 40 minutes and you just try and win and you're not thinking about anything else and you're not thinking about your work or your friends or your family you're just completely focused <laughs> but it, it looks like so it sounds like it'd be a great material for some of your sketches though some of those characters you're playing <laughs> against some of those sort of uh, passive aggressive characters yeah. well it's just I, I i don't know what it is like it's either that the kind of vibe in this league is not to be confrontational and just to be a bit relaxed but it is still really competitive but there's something very unconfrontational about it so everyone's seething anger is just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it's like, sorry no fine it's fine i'm sorry i'm sorry 
No, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. You scratched me. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. It's literally just that. This is pretty much a fully formed sketch. You could actually, I think, <laughs> when you finish this, go and just write it down. But there's quite a lot of injuries as well because people just fall over constantly. And this poor girl on our team, she got the ball like ricocheted off her little finger. And Oof. I'm not joking when I say it's like a thunderbolt. Her little finger like was a thunderbolt. Oof. I've never seen that. Uh. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. So, was your dad, as a, as a sports journalist, was he keen to get you into sport? Was he. Was he massively disappointed when you became a hugely successful <laughs> actor? Yeah. <He> <laughs> you let the whole let the whole family down. Yeah, um, yeah, he was very, as I say, like football was his big passion. And um Man United specifically. And I think because my brothers were more into football, they got more attention than me. No. Which is probably why I've become a comedian because I'm begging for his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his attention constantly. No, but he was really encouraging. Like he took me to see um, like a sort of professional netball game in when I was at, still at school and stuff like that. And yeah, he was he was amazing, and he he was always going to like incredible. You know, he, he took my brothers a lot of the time to see the football, and I think I did. I think I did go see them. In fact. Uh, when I last spoke to him, he said the first game that he took me to was like, I guess I must have been like 12 or something and, uh, at Old Trafford. And yeah, and he was like, and Ruth Van Nistelrooy scored. So it must have been a significant thing for him to take his kids to watch. Was it always on the, the, the TV at home as well? Yeah. Because that's what we have. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, yeah, you can't get away from football in our house. There's, there's like, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he has the thing that made me laugh most is that he has this this picture in his study, which is like a blown up picture of you remember when Eric Cantona kicked that fan, and it's like yeah, yeah. a photo blown up, but the fan is just my dad's face, photoshopped like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to kill you for that. I think. <laughs> but no, you really can't get away from it. And I think he's better now, but when Man United used to lose, there was a there was a dark cloud over the house. And actually when we were kids, we grew up in North London before we moved to Oxford. And a lot of the kids at school um supported Arsenal. And I think my my brother had gone to school and had like, I don't know, got his clothes wet or something and had been given an Arsenal shirt to um, you know, from lost property. And he came home, my dad would not let him in the house. 
wasn't blowing the house. Never darken our door again. Took the Arsenal shirt off. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was very so. Yeah, it was very important. It was very important to him. But yeah, it was always on. And in fact, he'd always go to he'd always go to important games, and he'd always go to the Olympics and stuff like that. So it was kind of integrated into like our family culture, really sport and. Yeah, I guess playing it. He he, as I said, he coached my younger brother's team, which became like a huge part of my younger brother's life. And he did that for like five years or something during his teenage years. So that would have been a huge. But that wasn't me, so I'm not going to talk about that. I don't. I don't think of your. I mean, obviously, your dad is a football writer, but I don't think of him as just that because he writes across all sports. Lovely yeah. sort of feature writer. So that's why I sort of think of him as uh, the idea that you would have all sports on TV it wouldn't just be. But I guess football was number one at home. I think maybe there probably was all sports, but I, I don't really, I, I only really like um, the Olympics and football. Yeah. don't mm-hmm. like anything else particularly. Sorry. If you could choose any Olympic sport to participate in and to be professional in, what would you choose? Rack cycling. <laughs> Is the right answer. <laughs> no, I gymna- gymnastics. Oh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it is about sort of go- like little girls and gymnastics, but I would always, I, I just, I have, I'm in awe of, I'm at, just because I'm basically a red, stiff red stick, like my body <laughs> is so unflexible and always has been. I'm just like absolutely in awe of their bodies. Isn't it incredible what they can do? I mean, like gymnastics, I think it's like, it's almost like the peak of what a human being can achieve in yeah. terms of the, the spins and tumbles and the control and the balance, everything. It's just, yeah. it's astounding to watch. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely incredible, and I, I think I always try. I always really aspired to be. I think in lockdown, I was like, right by the end of lockdown, I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say I'm yeah. going to be an Olympic gymnast. I was like, well, <laughs> it was, it's optimistic. just embarrassing. I mean, I can barely touch my toes. Um, so yeah, I just I can't I just can't believe it. The beam, the balance. Mm, yeah, what? it's that that little sketch, the Billy Connolly sketch, talking about gymnastics and how they do. You know the six tumbles and turns and twists and pikes and land and then they move their foot six inches to the left and they go ah oh, never mind you know <laughs> that was rubbish you know but yeah it's it's the, the accuracy it's the pressure yeah. they're under and the fact they've they've had to train from such a young age you know basically yeah. it's, that is their life that's all they've known and everything about it it's it's so impressive but yeah when you see them in in reality you know you, you meet olympic gymnasts they're they're tiny tiny human beings they're tiny yeah. little things yeah. and and you kind of you realise on the TV you don't notice it because it's obviously all relative. But um, yeah, they're, they're just these incredible specimens <laughs> who can yeah. do amazing things. I am um, cover it. I, the only time I ever cover the gymnastics is at the Olympics, and I find it it's a bit like going back. Ellie, do you talk about penalty shootouts? I find it unbelievably nerve wracking, particularly things like the beam and the vault. Yeah. And I just it doesn't matter who it is, you know, the competitor from Azerbaijan or whatever suddenly comes on the thing, and I just sort of slightly crap in myself that they're going to do some quite serious damage because what they do is incredible. Like no, the I heights know. they I get exactly to. The same oh. feeling. Exactly the same feeling. That's why it's probably quite thrilling as well. But I do, I do, there's something about those kind of competition, you know, the Olympics specifically, just races, like quick races. That's not gymnastics, really, but, you know, like swimming or. Uh, 100 meters it's so thrilling i mean it's so thrilling so like chris you must just get such a sense of excitement and i, I do like what I, I agree with you i like i like the the sprint events things that are short and mm. because of the build-up to it and the tension before the gun goes and and the, the narrow margins 
And also, I think, again, a little bit like a combat sport, that the sprinters tend to have that mentality of it is it's kind of head to head. It's there is a bit more aggression. There is a bit more of the kind of pacing around beforehand. And yeah, it, it, don't get me wrong. I love watching endurance sport too, but it's, um, yeah, you can't be a close, short race that's really yeah. just properly tense. Yeah, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I like I love I love watch I love watching that. That's what that was always on the Olympics. But um yeah, it's great. So what's your what's your sporting high yourself? What's the what's the greatest moment that you've been part of in your sporting life so far? I mean obviously there's plenty of time to come um with your football. <laughs> Who knows where that could lead? <laughs> Not I, too late I, for the World Cup. I mean, you know, this just to put it out there. I remember um I remember when I was we we played a netball tournament at school, and we'd we just won our last game. I think we I think we like got to the semi or the final or something like that. And it was in the sports world of my school. I must have been about thirteen, and it was such a thrilling feeling to have like won this game. And I was like on such a high. And I and I came out to get some fresh air outside, and there was this, there was this guy waiting outside and he was like oh can I pop in and I thought it was like a dad or something like that coming to to watch and I was like yeah 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 definitely come in we just won <laughs> and he came in and then uh, about half an hour later someone ran in from the changing room so it was like someone's stolen everything from the changing rooms oh, no. and he was no. a, he was like a burglar <laughs> and it stolen and I'd been on such You've asked me what my favourite moment was. I think <laughs> I think it was like I think what it was it's kind of like a morality tale, really. It's like don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> don't become too cocky. So now like all of my kind of achievements in sport are linked to some sort of extreme failure happening straight afterwards. You must be the and only person so who, who's sporting high and sporting low is exactly the same thing then. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous. And someone was like did someone let a burglar into the school? And I was like, <laughs> I assumed he was a fan, you know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. But apart from that, I mean, we've won the league a couple of times as as the netball team, Red Army, um, and which I thought was something to do with communism when I joined, but um, <laughs> they're all Arsenal fans, which I didn't realise. Anyway, they uh, we've won the league a couple of times, which is great. Um, which is a great feeling, but it doesn't last. It, you know, it, it, it's it's over, and then you have to go back to work, and you forget about it. And you know, I'm such an amateur. The feeling of the thrilling feeling doesn't last very long. I need my le- my next fix quickly. But that's the same, I think, at professional level too. You're only as good as your last match or your last yeah. race. And yeah, I mean, again, we've talked about this in previous pods, but just the feeling of excitement and the thrill of of doing well in sport when you're a kid and you're at school yeah uh you know basically you know at sunday league level whatever it is it's it's actually not that different to or i haven't found that different to being at professional level <clears throat> the olympic games whatever level it's it's whatever is important to you at the time is means it's important and yeah, it's definitely. it's definitely. massive you know in your head it's you know as a kid playing a match even just playing a game of football and break you know at school if you score a goal or if you score the winning goal it's just you know that is it's an incredible feeling. Yeah. I think it was strange. I think it's strange with like girls in the, in the playgrounds. Cause we just didn't get that. I think definitely at my primary school where it was like, cause I, my secondary school was just girls, but 
yeah, we just sort of on the outskirts of that kind of thing. So it wasn't, we never, no one ever really joined in the football, which was sad because it always looked so fun. But there wasn't even part of me that kind of wanted to, I don't think. It was mm. just like, oh, we don't do that. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, which is a shame. So I don't think I got that in the same way that my brothers did, that sort of sense of, yeah, playground jumpers for goalposts type thing. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if that'll now change now. In my adult life. Yeah, never too late. Yeah. Never too late. Yeah, I wonder if that'll change though with the with the lionesses and and just a greater attention on women's sport now. Whether yeah. you know, like I've got two kids, I've got Chloe's five and Cam's eight, and I look at the playground now, and it it just there's more of a sense of just all the kids playing together. And if yeah. they're playing football, it's not just the boys playing football. It's you know, maybe not all the girls, but there are girls who enjoy football and they'll, yeah. they'll just join in because, well, why, why wouldn't Definitely we? Definitely like after that final. I mean, I remember I watched the, the Euros final last year with the Lionesses and I watched it in the pub, which was completely full and it was great and amazing and the atmosphere was incredible. But that moment that she like scored the goal and took her shirt off and slinged it above <laughs> her head, it, I, I started crying. I was like, I can't believe how incredible this is. So probably like, you know, so inspiring for so many people to, yeah, to be like, I want that. I want that feeling. I want there's, that. There's some sporting moments you, you, when you watch them, you just know this is historic. This is, this is something special. Like for me, I think the most, there's been a few, but I think the, the one that really sticks in my mind was Andy Murray winning in Wimbledon. I was there in, in Oh, in, when uh, he climbed up. Yeah. yeah. So I, w- I was there with his family and with his, with his coaches in the little box. And, and it was just like, I can't, can't believe I've got these seats yeah. right here in the thick of it, and I'm witnessing yeah. witnessing history. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what's yours, Matt? What, in terms of stuff you've you must have seen some pretty incredible well, sporting moments. There's there's loads, but weirdly, you should you're suddenly mentioning that because for you when you won, I can't remember which gold it would have been in London 2012. My dad was a a, a journalist as well, but what I call like a grown up journalist, so he did news and. Uh, Wars proper and, journalism yeah but, but he would he would rock up for olympics and i think he did a little bit last one was at london 2012 where we ended up sat together next to each other which is the first one and only time i think that's ever happened at a sporting event for your um one of your goals i can't think oh wow yeah so that was pretty special just because wow. it was so, just so special you can't remember which one it was matt is well, you won you won so bloody many of them <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to remember but it is like, i'm gonna i'm gonna say something very basic now that i'm sure most most people listening will have thought about but the most incredible thing about, I mean, this, I suppose, you know, when you watch a film and you don't know what's going to happen, it's already, it's already happened because they've already made it and they've already written the script. But when you are watching like live sport and you don't, you know, the jeopardy is so incredible and so tense and like not knowing the outcome and thinking, oh my God, in half an hour, I will know the outcome. But at the moment, I literally don't know what's going to happen. And it could be, especially when it goes to penalties or something like that in football, and you're like, I mean, it's just, it's luck. It's mm. literally luck from here. There is nothing like more exciting. Or, you know, in that in that 2012 Olympics, what was it, that Super Saturday day? Yeah. yeah. All those things happened. It was, it was so like unbelievably emotional i don't think anything else comes close to that kind of thing you can imagine like the sort of soaring music in the background and there was that brilliant documentary recently and i don't really like basketball i was already i've already slammed it in this uh <laughs> in this podcast, but um about michael jordan Did oh the last that? dance the last yeah. dance yeah and that was like the most dramatic and have it being someone who who just knows nothing about basketball and doesn't really have much interest in it 
I found that one of the most thrilling, brilliant documentaries I've ever seen. And in terms of like, not just understanding that sportsmen are quite weird, but like, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> sort of, I guess, like going along on this season with these teams and you're really properly pitting them against each other. And, you know, that had already been written, that had already been decided who had won, but I didn't know. So I'm watching it just on the edge of my seat going, I can't believe what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Um, and nothing really else comes, I suppose like nothing really comes close to that in terms of other, you know. The, the other moment for me for those sporting events, generally speaking, you also sort of get lost because you realise you actually have to file 750 words or a thousand <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah, with, you know, and you'll, I've had ones where the Usain Bolt and knowing the whole newspaper is waiting mm. for that story and you have to file this 100 metre race of 700 yeah. words as it finishes yeah, so you're like holy crap how am i going to do this and that, yeah. that's I know. quite stressful and you see everyone just sitting there really tense just yeah having written yeah, but come so many on, words Matt. beforehand but yeah. don't pretend that because it was usain bolt you didn't just write it all in advance because well, what, what was, what, was, you great about, was what, what a great great about him was he was such a showman so you could and the semi-final would normally happen earlier in the day so you do something on that you do him on the line and you just hope for you know that he would win generally he did and so so you'd read quite a lot of flowery bollocks from these stories because only the top three paragraphs were something new from the race itself um but those moments are, are quite stressful but at the same time yeah really sort of euphoric you get a real buzz from them now, i remember my dad talking about doing the um champions league final with man united against i mean it yeah and he was just you know literally about to press set and like they, I think they'd actually already tied the like Bayern Munich ribbons onto the cup, and then and United scored twice, and it was like, okay, well, I can't really celebrate. I've got to rewrite it. I've got to rewrite this. But that's your job, Matt. So just get them. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm not. I'm not complaining. But, it, but you, 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 do, you do. It's nice to go to sport events when you aren't working, and just to enjoy mm. that sort of amazing high. That's great, and it's very, yeah. very different to if you if you are working. Well, I feel the same when I watch teams that I don't support playing important games like yeah. you know the Arsenal Man City game the other day I was kind of like well I don't care but I love watching it so whereas when I'm watching Man United play an important game especially at the moment it's very touch and go it's anxiety inducing for me <laughs> the um the World Cup final the men's final you know Argentina against France because oh, I you know as you say you're not I'm not affiliated to either team so no. just sitting watching it as for a spectacle and then escalating just beyond yeah. what, what any of us could have imagined. I mean, that to me was, again, as a non, I say non-football fan, not an avid football fan, yeah. that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in, in sport and the drama and seeing two of the greatest players of all time yeah. each, you know, raising the bar, well, this is what I've got, well, this is what I've got, well, this is what I've got. You know, no, it was, it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And no, that, yeah. that finished on penalty. Oh, yeah, because they had that kind of slightly obscene goalie who was doing really mad things. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? That was, yeah. What's, I don't what's like your... that kind of thing. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't like it. He he was, he was, no, he really went down in my estimation. Yeah. And then when he put the trophy on his watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been watching too many Will Ferrell films, I think. About, about no, support. I don't like. I don't. I listen. I as you know, I like. I like sort of Roy Keane type dirty playing. I don't like kind of nasty dirty playing. Like, I mean, I suppose it's legal, isn't it? He's just kind of psychologically trying to put them off. But that's snaky. That's snaky to me. I didn't. Yeah, like yeah, and it's. I think if you've got enough confidence in yourself, you don't need to try and 
distract your opponent or trick them. It's just, you know, do you know what? I'm, you know, focus on myself, do what I need to do. And, yeah. You know, it's anyway. Did I you ever have any fun. of that, Chris, on the start line? Was there any sort of chat like you get in cricket, you hear it on the microphone and the stumps? Would you have any of that or would other? Rarely, rarely. A couple, a couple of individual athletes would do that. Um, there was an Aussie who used to do it a lot. Um, but again, you would just try and remind yourself if he's taking the time out at the last yeah. second before the start of the race to try and psych you out, he must be worried about me. So yeah. you can see yeah, that as okay. a positive thing. Um, but it, yeah, considering how how intense some of the events that I used to do, like real kind of gladiatorial one, one-on-one, um, really split-second stuff where it is very much, you, you know, mano a mano. And uh, there wasn't a great deal of that in terms of, a lot of the time, it could be on the track, very physical. You could be hitting into each other. You could physically crash into each other sometimes. But off the track, you tend to be pretty civil. Like you'd shake yeah. each other's hands and kind of get it, get it all out on the track, which I think is when you have a sport, you can do that. It's great. I think the ones that you can't get that aggression out, maybe that's when it spills over. Yeah, it's strange like with comedy as well. Like Obviously, it's not even a competition, but sometimes people treat it like it is, especially at gigs. <laughs> not not Rupert's gigs. Rupert's gigs are very nice. But like, <laughs> you'd be quite weird gigs, and you'd get you'd just about to, you'd uh, you'd about uh, just be about to go on stage, and you get someone coming off stage being like, "Yeah, good luck. They're a bit odd. Um, yeah, they haven't. <laughs> they're cold. They're cold." There's one who, uh, yeah, she told me she didn't like women stand ups. Anyway, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, or like you know, slightly marking their territory type type comics. So how long have you been doing this for? Oh, only a couple of months. Okay, yeah, it's not very long. I've been in the circuit for about ten years. So yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's that definitely that kind of thing. But again, yeah, you just have to sort of put your head down and forget about it and get on with it, and then go out there and completely bomb. So how, how did you get into it? Was it, was it stand-up that, that was your first step on on the journey yeah, or was so it I, acting I first? Did, I always, I definitely always wanted to be an actress, like a, a comedy actress. And um, so I did lots of stuff when I was growing up, you know, like youth theatre and stuff like that. And then when I went to university, I joined like a sketch group, like a sort of, you know, review <laughs> Um, I don't know why that's funny. And then, <laughs> was that, was that, that, was with, was that with Ta- Tasha? Was that was that? Well, no, that was with her brother. Jamie. Her brother, okay. So I met him, and then who who plays um, Stephen Let's Apartments himself? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and we went to Edinburgh a few times, like, and we we wrote the sketch show and and put it together. And um, after university, I think I I didn't I didn't have like a huge amount of like confidence. I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't really know how and I didn't know what you did. And Jamie was kind of making little videos and doing gigs and stuff like that and was like, you should just do it too. Mm. And so I I used to work at a comedy club, um, like as a sort of producer and I quit and I was like, right, I'll just go to Edinburgh and write some material and it was like character comedy. So it wasn't it wasn't ever stand up really it wasn't ever me going on stage kind of talking about my experiences it was like I'd write a kind of stupid character and go on stage and do that and then yeah it just sort of snowballed from there I suppose <laughs> you were saying before how how nervous you get for going on stage for the stand-up at, at yeah. the beginning but do you, do you get those nerves if you're doing a tv show or a film on like the first day of filming or is it not, is it not comparable? You get, yeah you get a little bit of um 
yeah, you definitely do get a bit of nerves, but it's it's so different. It's so, so different. I mean, yeah, that feeling of basically with live comedy, you get one chance. And if they're not laughing, you've kind of failed. It's like, you know, I've done gigs where the crowd's been a bit, you know, not really on your side. And people are like, they were smiling. You know, they were enjoying it. They were smiling. They're laughing on the inside. I I really do need all of that. And it's awful because you kind of, you some it's it's so about the audience response it's it's like so different from you know doing a play or doing doing drama or anything like that it's like not you know those kinds of things you do need the audience to respond and you need to evoke some sort of uh you know emotion in them but you literally need to hear people laughing in order to know that you've done a good job and that's a very sort of strange and probably quite unhealthy <laughs> job to do. But it must um, be nice when, when it when it works you, out, though. Oh, sorry, Chris. So I was going to say when it when it does work out, when the crowd do laugh and do you, you do get a great response, um, you know, it, it's honest, it's it's real. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like someone's oh well done, that was brilliant, and you kind of go yeah. yeah, but was it? Are you just saying that? Yeah. You know, they can't fake that 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 response. So you yeah. must it must be an incredible feeling when you, you absolutely smash a gig. Oh, it's great. And you walk away. Yeah, no, it's, there's nothing. There's no. There's there's genuinely no comparison. And I think that's why the stakes are so high, and you probably do get so nervous because you know that when you're not hearing that laughter, and then someone you know has been in the audience and is like, "Well oh, done," and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't go well." And they're like, "Yes." yes, yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> God. But TV, you know, it's, it's strange because, yeah, it's not spontaneous. So you've rehearsed it and things aren't necessarily as funny as they were the first or second time you've read them to you, obviously to an audience who's watching it. That's very different. But you kind of have to remember that if you're not making your co-star laugh or if you're not making the guy holding the boom laugh, it doesn't mean it's not funny. It's that he's concentrating on his job and mm. they've heard it a million times. So it's not, yeah. But that's why it's also quite fun when you do like crap people up or when people crack you. I mean, like with staff, for instance, I mean, I'm a wreck on set. Like I'm just, I laugh in every single take. It's awful. <laughs> and Tash, when <laughs> Tash and I did our sketch show as well, like, because I find Tash so funny. I just, I honestly, I, I'm so unprofessional. I just laugh in every single take. That's and funny because like, as, as Katia, you, your it's your job. You can't. You, you <laughs> that. And I'm like, but, I know. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that doesn't. That doesn't come across because Katia is so straight and sort yeah. Of, there's not that emotion, is there? Sort yeah. Of, well, I guess that's together. why it's like maybe harder because yeah. it's that thing like when you get the giggles in like a library or something, or like remember at school if you and your teacher was like, can you? Stop looking around or something like, I can't. there's nothing I can do now like this is the funniest thing in the world and I think it's there was a scene in staff which I think is like on the bloopers reel on YouTube or whatever but I'm supposed to be giving staff a hand job <laughs> I honestly like I could it took honestly like an hour I couldn't do it I was just crying and like the makeup artist had to come in because she's so deadpan. <laughs> it's like, any I couldn't get away with it at all. Do you know what I love though? It's when you watch. I, I love watching bloopers. I actually sit on yeah. YouTube yeah. for hours watching. Yeah. I like watching bloopers shows. shows I've never seen. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
it's it has a it genuinely has a positive effect on me. I just yeah. it kind of release the endorphins. But then when you go back and watch the scene in the the TV show or the movie where it, it you know obviously it, they didn't crack up. Yeah, it's it's almost like how you know it's weird watching it when it didn't cock up. Yeah, and when they when they when they finally and almost you think. Wow, I know. You know, if I hadn't watched those bloopers, I would have no idea that it took twenty-seven takes to get that one line out or well, whatever. The, the Office is my my favorite, mm, yeah. all time, mm. and that is you. You really are like I don't know how they got through the day. I mean, they, I think there's one take where David Brand and Tim are in the in his office, and he's like, <laughs> <over> that? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? What are you going to do this time? Sit down at my chair. With sort of conferences, and they do that, and it's he does it. What there's 27 takes, yeah, yeah, easily, and also extras when um, Stephen Merchant, (laughs) I guess, when it's the when he's got the he's got a pen which has a a naked lady on it, and and he so he's having a a quiet wine under under the desk in his office, and uh, it's just oh, it's. Yeah, I will. If I'm having a bit of a down day, I'll I'll put on extras bloopers, yeah. and it's just that that scene in particular. With, no, those, um, those endorphins. There's nothing. Oh, nothing oh, like it. There's it's nothing just, like it. So, so it is sad. I guess I. Yes, it's quite sad when you're doing a comedy show and nothing is really making you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but that also doesn't necessarily mean it's not funny. Like it's weird. Like there's some there's some times when I've when I've cracked up so much and I've watched it back and I've gone ew. It's funny. <laughs> and then vice versa, when something hasn't really made me laugh, and I've watched it back, and I'm like, it's great, it's funny, works. So it's weird. The the kind of formula is there's no real formula. It's it's strange, but um, it's very fun. It's always fun, but it's so di- yeah. As I say, it's so 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 different to live performing, and um, kind of yeah, less terrifying in a good way. Well, mm. um, you need to get to your audition. I don't know if you've seen the time, so we should probably oh, we should probably shit, leave you um, to, to get to it. To yeah. <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck with it. Thank you so much. Yeah, and best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been brilliant, and the time has flown by. Um, yeah, yeah it's always a good sign. It's two minutes to ten. Christ. You'll have Top to message two. your dad. You'll have to message your dad and say you've finally done it. I finally done it. Yeah, yeah. and then he'll he'll give me his opinion um, <laughs> of how well. And then he'll get very angry that I mentioned his uh, picture of Cantona. Cantona, yeah. Giving away his secrets. Don't worry, we've only got about three listeners, so. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> his secret is safe with us. Yeah. Um, but thank-, thank you so much. And it's lovely to meet you both. Yeah, likewise. Thank likewise. you so much. Keep up the great work and keep making thank- us laugh. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, bye LA. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.